Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. There's a lot of people in real estate investing that you know may not have your best interest, and it's always best to check and recheck what somebody is saying. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate results coach. I've been paying him and working with him for years now. He actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast. So it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on, how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person, but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with you know the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners, and that is that he's offering a free coaching session. Go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R.com. Highly recommend him. I've worked with him before. I'm currently working with him right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take him up on his offer. Get a free coaching session, coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners. Hello, hello. How's it going? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and this is the show where we cut out all the fluffy stuff. We only get into the real estate advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and also the brains behind cash flow game, which tends to be a very effective way of meeting people and then raising money from them, as I've learned from guests on the show before. And with us today, we've got another wonderful best ever guest. How you doing, Chris Irwin? I'm doing great. How you doing, Joe? Doing very well. And thank you for joining us. A little bit about Chris, and then he'll get into it in more detail. He specializes in turnkey properties for investors, and he is the founder of Prime Turnkey Properties. He spent many years working for a large fund, that purchased $1 to $2 million in properties per week. And he's based in Salt Lake City, Utah. And you can say hi to him at primeturnkeyinvestments.com. With that being said, Chris, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? 
Yeah, absolutely, Joe, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, essentially, kind of what we cater towards is turnkey investment properties, so properties that have been rehabbed, and then we go through and we put property management into place, and they find a qualified renter to move into that property, so that property is now cash flowing. So ideally, you know, a lot of the clients that we work with are, are you know, professionals that uh, don't have the time to go out and, and flip properties, so they come to us looking to enhance their investment portfolio. A lot of them self-direct their IRAs and use those funds that to, to invest in cash flowing properties. So that's kind of the, the main goal of, of our company is to really work with professionals that don't have time to do this, but we do everything for them and, and hand them off a, a quality property for their investments. With your background working for a large fund that purchased one to $2 million in properties per year, what was that like? And what was your specific role? So, so my specific role was I was over their acquisitions. So I, I was traveling quite a bit. We'd go out to the markets uh, that, that we were in. So we were kind of in the, the Midwest and kind of the Southeast, you know, the Atlanta, Georgias and, and Alabama and kind of, you know, those areas. And so we were going out there constantly. I mean, it was, it was definitely dialed in to uh, such a degree that we could handle, you know, doing one to $2 million worth of properties per week. But uh, it was definitely, you have to have your checks and balances into place. You have to have people around you that have your best interest in these areas. And, and that's really the only way you can make it work is the people that surround you, you, you need to make sure they're trustworthy and they're going to do what they say they're going to do. And what was the business model for that fund when they purchased the property? Well, the biggest thing is, is the, the fund that they would go through, they would purchase the property. Some of them were turnkey already. They liked to make sure to get that cash flow coming in on these and some required rehab. So we had to have crews go in there, put bids together. And really, I mean, you know, the old saying time is money. So it wasn't something you wanted to just buy a property and have it sit for a good long period of time because you have, you know, funds wrapped up in that property. So, I mean, there were, there were definitely uh, different various models that they used. So cash flowing already turnkey and then rehabbing it and then turning around and selling it after they made it turnkey. And they also had a kind of a holding company where they would put some in to just hold on to for an extended period of time. With your experience doing the acquisitions, what are some things that you learned from that process that you're applying now in your prime turnkey properties business? The, the biggest thing that I've learned is, you know, of course, number one, surround yourself by good people that have your best interest to make sure that, you know, you can uh, succeed at what you do. But the other thing is, is it's important to have results by having checks and balances in place. Uh, and what I mean by that is it's, it's good to take people for their word, but we are always getting hard facts, meaning doing inspections on properties. Even though we've worked with contractors for years, we always have inspections done on these properties. To me, it just helps keep everybody pure, keeps everybody honest because they know we're going to come through and do an inspection with various inspectors uh, to make sure the work is done. So that, that's the thing is just making sure you have checks and balances in place, as I would say, was a, a huge factor for us. Who are all the types of inspectors that you bring to a property to do the process? various inspectors out in the market. We don't ever depend on just one inspector. We have various inspectors. Uh, and and not, sorry, I, I wouldn't ask him for names, just like the, the title. So like, you know, a house inspector or a roof or whatever. Typically you can get an inspector that does a full home inspection. 
So they can go through and, and check on the roof. They can check plumbing, electrical, foundation. They can go through and do all that in, in one inspection is typically the process. Okay, so you, you just make sure you always have a, a house inspector. Exactly. Okay. When you're talking about the fund was dialed in and then you elaborated with you know having different checks and balances, other than a house inspector, which I'd say – you know, the majority of the people and investors do have. Was there anything else that fund was doing in order to buy one to two million? You said good people, but uh, house inspector and having good people, anything else that they were doing to, to buy one to two million worth of properties a week? Well, I mean, you know, of course, this, this was several years ago. So there was a lot more inventory than there is now. But I mean, several years ago, you know, I guess it's word of mouth. We would constantly go to, you know, these uh, seminars, these uh, retreats that had other investors, REO, <clears throat> excuse me, REO uh, inventory, you know, different, uh, I guess, methods of collecting inventory that would be able to support, you know, picking up that much uh, in property every week. Um, so, I mean, I guess just various methods and connecting with people that knew that you were an actual buyer. So that, that was always a, a positive. From working on the acquisition side, were you involved in any of that or were you receiving the leads and running with them? Both. I mean, you know, leads would come in and we would go through and do our due diligence on those leads and see if there's anything to it. Um, you know, there, there was a lot of people that would submit properties that weren't their own, wholesalers doing assignments, I mean, various methods. Some of those would come through and it would just be so difficult to close on properties that it would just kind of waste your time. So, you know, there would be times we'd have to kind of put a blacklist together that anybody that would submit a property and if we couldn't close on it and it wasn't their property or even if it wasn't their property, if they weren't directly with the seller, again, it made it difficult. So we know kind of who to who not to talk to and who to talk to on these. Hmm. When you were marketing and both receiving the leads as well as getting out there and being uh, proactive, what was the most effective getting out there, being proactive tactic that you personally did to get more leads? Well, like I said, the, the biggest thing that I did was go around to some of these uh, real estate uh, functions that they have throughout the country. There's different organizations that have these functions. And then at that time, you can network with representatives that, uh, of banks or asset managers that had a lot of uh, REO tapes that we could get access to, that we could go after that to help supply and, and get that inventory, as well as uh, you know other providers out in the markets that wholesalers that were, would actually be able to conduct business uh, rather than being several layers deep in a daisy chain. What is the function called? Is it something on Craigslist? Is it something that is just an exclusive email? Is it uh, something with the uh, RIA? What, what's the organization? Some of the organizations, there's an event called Five Star, and it's out of Dallas, Texas. They do it once a year, typically in uh, September. So that's a good way to really connect with a lot of agents and brokers, as well as you know asset managers and financial institutions that have REOs on their books. And there's also another group called IMN, and they have different functions throughout the year. So they do a little bit more throughout the year. And I mean, they do cost money to go to. So it's definitely something that, uh, you know, you have to make sure it's going to be worth your while to attend. But for what we were doing, I mean, it was worth every penny to, to go out there and go through the expense to send people out there 
to network and and uh, really uh, get to know these these groups that had uh, a lot of the inventory we could get our hands on. With your turnkey business, why did you decide to take this approach versus any number of different directions you could have taken your business after you left the fund? There's definitely a need for this. Uh, you know, there, there's definitely a lot of people out there that uh, the stock market, yeah, they've got their IRAs and 401ks in the stock market. But the problem is, you know, I, I love the stock market. You know, I've, I've invested in the past in the stock market, but it's so fluid. Uh, you know, it can be up one day and everybody's happy. And then, you know, lately it's been down quite a bit. Whereas in real estate, yeah, as we know, real estate doesn't always go up like once thought many years ago. But nonetheless, for me, it has been a solid investment that it produces cash flow on a consistent basis. And so for us, it made sense to put our expertise together, our group, and we already had connections out in these markets. So we were already pretty much set up. So we thought, you know, hey, we're going to go ahead and we're going to put something together and we're going to work with investors that want to self-direct their IRA to get into real estate, into, you know, more of a, a secure uh, investment vehicle. And, you know, having everything done for the investor, so it's been rehabbed, renters in place, property management's in place, all they're essentially doing is collecting a rent check every month. So really, we felt that there was a need for this. There are, you know, other turnkey providers out there. I can't speak for them, but for what we do, we definitely want to make sure that the investor is taken care of. There's times even after we've sold a property, it's been months down the road, and an investor will come back to us and say, hey, I've already bought this property, but do you think you can help out with this maintenance item? Can you get it any cheaper than the property manager is offering? And we'll, we'll send our guys back out there and see if we can get it done cheaper. And, and majority of the time we can get it done you know, a little bit cheaper than the property manager. So it's just having that service to the investor, letting them know that, hey, we're here for the long run. We're here to, to make sure you're taken care of with your investment. You mentioned the service aspect. Is it the relationship, is that how you're able to differentiate yourself from other turnkey property investment companies? Yeah, I mean, it's the mentality of our group. The mentality isn't, hey, we just want to sell one property to an investor. The mentality is, hey, we want to make sure that investor's taken care of because we want to sell them 10, 20, 30 properties throughout their, you know, their career and what they're doing and with their retirement accounts. And so, I mean, it's just that mentality of making sure the investor's taken care of. Um, I think that's what sets us apart to, to many groups out there that do what we do. On your business model with the properties that you have, are you finding them and putting them under contract and then selling them? Or are you a middleman company where a company already has it under contract and you're marketing their properties? No, we actually own all of these properties. So we go through with our own cash and we will purchase these properties and you know rehab these properties and put renters in them and many of these properties are seasoned properties meaning we've had a renter in there two three four months to know that hey this property is stable so many times when an investor comes to us and wants to purchase a property it's a property that we own we're not we're not the middleman we actually own these properties and you know the property has been seasoned so it has a track record of performance which investors you know many of them do like that factor Oh, very cool. How do you spend your time with your company? What are your responsibilities? I'm the head of the company, so pretty much everything rolls back to me. So when an investor's happy, I love to hear about it. And then unfortunately, if we got an investor that uh, has had a hard time with a property manager or whatever, I have to hear about that as well. 
So, I mean, everything falls back on me. I go out in the markets, uh, you know, typically once a quarter and meet with the property managers, meet with our, our contractors and our, our project managers to make sure everything's going well. I'll tour properties that we're rehabbing. So, I mean, I definitely stay quite busy, but then, of course, I'm uh, over the marketing piece. So I work with everybody that's marketing the properties as well as uh, dealing with financials and everything like that. So, you know, I definitely stay quite busy, Yeah. but it, it's definitely important we're producing a quality product. How have you structured your company, specifically team members and their responsibilities? Well, you know, everybody definitely has their own responsibilities and it's definitely spelled out to each team member what their responsibilities are. So, I mean, you know, we definitely have checks and balances where we have uh, monthly meetings uh, to discuss, you know, the kind of where each team member is at with their goals. And, you know, uh, there's numerous people that are involved with that. So we uh, discuss those goals, discuss how can we achieve those goals, discuss, okay, if goals weren't met, how come they weren't met? How can we achieve those goals? And, you know, other people chime in to determine, hey, uh, you know, give ideas on what can be approved, what weaknesses are, what strengths are. So uh, it's definitely a collaborated effort, uh, a team effort, really. You have, what, four or five different markets on your website from Cleveland to Birmingham to Columbus and, well, I'll just list them all, Birmingham, St. Louis, Columbus, Cleveland, and Kansas City. Do you have property management companies that you own there um, or do you work with third-party companies? We work with third-party companies that we've worked with for many years. For us, it just we wanted to focus on one aspect and that wasn't really building up a property management company because we feel like there's good property managers that we've worked with for years that can handle what we do. So we wanted to focus our efforts on actual just the properties themselves. Your team is acquiring them and renovating them and then you're working with a local management company to hand it off and let them bring in the resident and then you stabilize it and then you sell it exactly yep okay so with the local teams that are doing the rehabs are they companies that are are, are people who are employed by you or are they third-party uh, vendors that you just contract out on a case-by-case basis a lot of it, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily employed by us where we have to, you know, issue them a, a W-2. It, it's 1099 work. So they do a lot of work for us. But no, I mean, in terms of the actual contractors and, and everything like that, no, they, they don't actually work for us. What type of experience you had with contractors, you know, overseeing them remotely while you're in Salt Lake and they're in different cities across the U.S.? Well, for us, it's a matter of having checks and balances in place and uh, you know, we have inspections that go throughout the entire process of the, uh, you know, rehab. So, you know, and, and as I go out into these markets and I'm observing rehab projects, we're definitely a hands-on group. We definitely have, uh, you know, people in place to make sure that, uh, you know, these, these contractors are doing what they say they're going to do. So, you know, again, we've worked with these contractors for years, so there's definitely a lot of trust involved. But again, they know that in order to get paid, they need to do what they say they're going to do. And we have different inspectors go out and then, uh, inspect to make sure that they are doing what they say they're going to do. I guess that leads me back to my original question of what type of inspectors do you have? The answer is it's just a home inspector and that home inspector comes multiple times. Then that's the, that's the answer again. But because you just mentioned this again, where you have people in place to make sure the contractors are doing what they say they're going to do. Do you mm -hmm. bring the same home inspector and say, hey, oversee this project or do you have 
other people and inspectors in place that oversee the work being done before the house inspector needs to be there or, or after? We do have local people there on the ground on, in, in each of our markets that they will go through and take pictures. And, you know, we, we as we're going along through the process, typically with a, a contractor, they want certain draws done on their funds to rehab the property. So as we go through, you know, the initial uh, start of a rehab, they'll get an initial draw on funds to start the rehab project. And it's written through a contract with each contractor that says, okay, as we go through the process, we're going to do a three-draw system. So the first draw will get you started. Here's the expectations on that first draw. So once they say, okay, we're done with phase one, we need to go to phase two and we need the second draw, then we will send an inspector out there. And, and typically, we've got home inspectors that will go out and, and not the same one. We use various uh, inspectors that will go out and inspect it and we'll give them a punch list, an item list rather, that says, okay, they're saying all this stuff's done. Can you confirm that it's done? And if they come back to us and say, yeah, everything's done, then we release the second draw to start phase two. And so we go through different phases. And as we go through those phases, we go through and, and inspect the properties to make sure everything's done as they've told us. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? The best thing is, is just like I said, make sure you have your checks and balances put into place. There's a lot of people in real estate investing that you know may not have your best interest and it's always best to check and recheck what somebody is saying. So if somebody says, you know, hey, we've got this property and we own this property and we can sell it to you for, a, you know, a too good to be true type price, check and make sure that they actually own the property. Call a local real estate agent there on the ground and get some more details about that property. There's always resources there locally to a property that they really can assist you in coming up and telling you about that property. They can tell you about the area. You know, there's definitely various methods to make sure to keep people pure in this industry. Ready for the best ever lightning round? I am. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations. Fist bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016. Best ever book you've read? The best ever book I have read, um, you know, I would have to say, oh my goodness. I, I definitely like to, to read a lot of Warren Buffett's books. I think he is just a, a dynamite investor. But there's not one that really particularly stands out. But uh, I, I definitely uh, enjoy a lot of the books that he's put out. Best ever personal growth experience and what did you learn from it? The best ever personal growth experience for me was essentially when I started uh, working for that fund. There was a lot to learn and you know, picking up on it quick and learning the ins and outs of real estate was definitely the, the best growth and, and personal uh, learning experience for me. Specifically, what ins and outs are you referring to that you learned? Well, the biggest thing is how to go out and find real estate deals. That's part of it. You know, uh, part of what we do is go out and find good real estate deals so we can pass along the savings to the, the people that buy properties from us. So, you know, of course, learning the ins and outs for how to, to value a property, how to ensure that, you know, to keep contractors pure on rehabbing a property. 
And then, of course, uh, going through and going through the sales process and selling a property. So there's so many different, you know, various methods. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I've done? I uh, bought a uh, multifamily property. It was a triplex. We bought it. We owned it for a total of not even three weeks and turned around and sold it for, for a nice return. So that, that was a, a, a nice story for us. Can you share the numbers? Well, this particular property, uh, percentage-wise, I'd feel comfortable just percentage-wise. So we bought it, held on to it for two, three weeks, and sold it and, and made about a, a 45% margin on that property. Best ever way you like to give back? Uh, the best way I like to give back is, of course, community service. You know, I, I'm definitely active with community service in my local community. But, of course, it's doing the right thing to investors as well. I, you know, I truly firmly believe that, you know, doing the right thing, I, I believe in karma. You know, doing the right thing, I believe it comes back to, you know, uh, benefit everybody involved. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? When I first got involved in real estate is uh, trusting uh, too many people. Again, it's, you know, you, you always want to trust people, but it's best to have checks and balances in place to make sure that people are actually doing what they say they're doing. What's the best ever place the best ever listeners can reach you? Um, I would say, you know, definitely uh, go to our website. Um, as you mentioned earlier, it's www.primeturnkeyinvestments.com. We also have an email address, info at cecapitalllc.com. And our phone number, 334-544-1324. Chris, thank you for being on the show and sharing your advice and your story with the best ever listeners and talking about everything from when you were working on the acquisition side with uh, buying $1 to $2 million worth the property or your fund was per week and the lessons that you've learned, a couple organizations that whose events you attended. One is Five Star, which is the5star.com the other is i m n and it's i m n.org uh, so best ever listeners you can check out those two websites and and look those up as well as you know just as as you mentioned the process and system that you put in place to be able to buy properties across the country and scale your business while being in Salt Lake City so thanks so much for being on the show sharing your advice and I hope you have a best ever week thanks Joe appreciate it did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations. Fist bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016.